happy, happy day. Mark it down. December 3rd, 2011, when the college football world changed and a new power emerged in North Central Oklahoma. For years, a program made fun of tonight against their arch rivals and one of the kings of college football, a total domination, tail whipping, emphatic victory. Not to be made fun of again. Man, are you going to miss, well, obviously we're not going to miss losing to Oklahoma State, but uh, the opportunity to play fun clips from Oklahoma State is, whether it's gun, well, I guess we don't have to stop that. That could still yeah, be a thing. I mean, but. we're going to have to, man. Like, as, as excited as I am about the SEC move, and it's going to be great in every single regard, except... Our opportunities to play Dave Hunziker clips, Mike Gundy clips, maybe diminish just a bit. And after, like yeah. after this move, after Tom Herman got fired at Texas, that took out like half of our audio library. Got to build it back up. I know. Jeez. I know. We need uh, we need Tom Herman to get another semi-relevant job that we can weigh in on from time to time. We're gonna have plenty of new stuff, though. I feel like uh, I feel like Lane Kiffin and uh, Missouri are gonna keep us. Yeah, uh, probably gonna keep keep the uh, audio clip line pretty full. Yeah, Eli Drinkwitz, Dorkwitz definitely will. Um, you would think that Kiffin would. The only problem is the jabs he takes are almost always on social media, <laughs> like just on yeah. on tweets. So, yeah, I, I need him to actually say something at SEC Media Day. But I, I do think um, – who would you say right now is the coach that – the SEC coach that OU fans hate the most? Like Maybe it is Dorkowitz now. But I'm just I, – I, my point is I think it's definitely going to be him after this season. I, I honestly feel like that's really the only answer right now. Is there anyone that's even relevant other than that? Like, I don't mean relevant. Uh, like, on the radar for dislike. I mean, Jimbo would have been think probably Heibel's there. I don't think Beamer's there. Mark Stoops isn't there. Dude, half I, mean, the, I, don't think I think half the league this fan base likes as head coaches. They still like Hyper. <laughs> they like Beamer. They like Mark Stoops. Yeah, you're right. For now, that could change. You know who it might be? It might be Jeff Levy after last year, the most hated yeah, that's SEC true. coach. There's, there's your answer, maybe. That's true. Yeah, I, I don't, I honestly don't, don't feel like there's a whole lot of. It's got to be Missouri and Drinkwitz, and I think it's probably going to be more beef with fan bases than anything moving forward. Except for he's the one that seems to always be willing. Oh yeah. To open oh, his yeah. mouth, like that's that's the thing with him. So, yeah, yeah. I think um, since we play the Sam Pittman audio clip every Friday at five, most fans are like, "Yeah, he's pretty cool. He just likes to have an old cold beer. He's just one of us. Is all he is. He's an old yeah. Oklahoma boy. I don't dislike Sam Pittman. Even Sark, right. uh, you know, like I don't say that. I don't think that people like Sark. I definitely don't think people like Sark." But there's not the hateable qualities there that Tom Herman once had there. You know, that's been right. toned down quite a bit. So 
We, we've got a, a, a lot of Brian Kelly on the text line right now. That one's fair. Most calling, really? him, most calling him some words that I cannot say on the air. 9155, I see you. Yeah, here's the thing. Like I understand that he doesn't seem or has never really seemed like some like really likable guy. But he also never really like the only bad things he ever says are directed at his own football team. I mean, you know, he doesn't really say anything bad about anyone else. It's always just aimed at his own guys. But he doesn't appear to be like a very fun person to be around. But like, there's really no reason for Oklahoma to have any hate against that guy, is there? Um, not well. Like every answer with this, not, not yet. Not, not yet. Yeah, you're right. 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 Not yet. Um, I just have Eli Drinkwitz OU in the audio folder. I don't know what this is, but let's kind of try out the the hate here to see how. I'll it guess. Is. Yeah. I'm going to guess. I bet it is the clip of him talking about how how much money these guys are making in NIL and remember this is receipts this is before Missouri started deciding to pay everyone a bunch of money all right let's let's see since joining the SEC it's not it doesn't seem like uh, Mizzou really has a rivalry uh, in the conference if Oklahoma joins the SEC um, would you be excited to kind of rekindle that rivalry I kind of like the rivalry we got with Arkansas. I mean, I don't remember the last time they beat us, so I kind of like that one. And the battle line rivalry, I mean, it's pretty good for us. So, Crud, I think we'll just keep that one right now. Crud, I think we'll just keep that one right now. (laughs) Been pretty good for us. They can't beat us. So, I'd like to keep the one we got right now. Crud. Is that the most forced thing? No one says crud. Oh, I think in Missouri they might, but – you think so? I, I I wouldn't put it past him. May, I, maybe that's a thing. I mean, I know I've heard it before, but it just feels like a, a forced. It's just like a, 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 a little more delicate Brian Kelly going down there and adding his Cajun accent. I feel like that's what Drink's doing up there in Missouri. Well, crud, man. No one talks like that. Good. So I can hear in your voice right now, and I can sense through the tie line, like even the hate for you is starting to build up a little bit for Dorkwitz. This is a helpful exercise. I like this. I have not liked the guy since the crap he pulled at Tennessee. Well, I I really wasn't much of a fan before that because he always seemed to be the guy that's flapping the gums, man, always talking, saying something. And, you know, I, it's just it's so funny to me. I, he was basically mocking the NIL and that these players are getting paid. And what a joke. My brother, the pediatrician, these guys are making more than he, do, he does. It's ridiculous. And here they are forking it out. Like, I think it just shows that there's no principles there with the guy. I, he will say something one minute and then – the next minute, totally flip-flop his stance 100%. There's no principles there. I The the crap he pulled with hype at Tennessee where, you know, he's wearing a microphone and he says this, we stand on business crap out there at the 50-yard line in a, in a mass of people 
basically whispers it into his microphone to try and get like <laughs> some type of social media uh, hype around the deal. Handshake and then run off before anyone has a chance to say anything. It just, I don't know the guy, and I'm only getting what I've seen. Maybe he's the coolest person ever, but seems like a weasel just from the stuff ah, that I've seen. Let the hate flow on this Friday. Let it live. Ah, do it. I, I love it. Strike me down. Um, yeah. Here's two complete d bags in one audio clip. Uh, here's another one. I don't re- know what happens here. I don't remember. Eli Drinkwitz on Mullen. This ought to be good. Let's hear this. Yeah, you know, my father-in-law is a farmer, and, and there's the old saying, you reap what you sow. And so I actually, I mean, I believe that, uh, you know, just like everything else, that, yeah, I mean, if you sow kindness, you reap kindness. If you sow, you know, jackass ability, you get jackass ability. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. <laughs> Drake calling out Dan Mullen. Beautiful. I don't okay. even remember what Dan Mullen said, but. Thank you. I don't either. But, okay, so here's – this is the exact point that I'm talking about. My father-in-law's a farmer, and there's this old saying, you reap what you sow. Like like he heard that from his father-in-law, the farmer, right? I mean, come on. Everyone walking the planet that is older than 10 years old has heard that saying, and you don't have to have a father-in-law that's a farmer. His to father-in-law told him you reap what you sow and taught him how to say crud all in the same day. It's like you can you can make a comment or a statement without trying to remind everyone that you're a country boy. He tries really too hard. He's he Yeah, okay, we, we got our answer here. Dave from Norman says, LOL, 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 LOL. Exactly what I thought, Teddy, about Drink and his father-in-law. Uh, 402 <laughs> says, Brian Kelly, dirtbag. Sean, a uh, great point. Drinkowitz is a 40-year-old who says, I stand on business. Tells you everything. Man, that's a fantastic now, point. I don't know what this says about me, but I am willing to sit here and admit that I still don't really even know what that means well neither does he you think he knows what that means well yeah my father-in-law told me once what stand on business means yeah it's my father-in-law's a farmer you know and there's an old saying what goes around comes around 580 his father-in-law also quoted with when it rains it pours (laughs) Um, right this is good this is good justin and kawita says it's literally a bible verse who's his father-in-law jesus (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's so good scott from purcell says who is worse dorkowitz or tom herman both d-bags i Uh, um i think dorkowitz might be i think he's worse than tom herman but they're both pretty bad well, I think with Tom Herman, it's – this is supposed to be you know, not really a compliment, but a statement in his favor, and maybe it's really not in the grand scheme of things. But I, I don't think he can help it. I think he's just has a quirky, weird personality, all right? But it feels like – I it, it, as bad as it is, it feels authentic. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? And it doesn't, like the personality of drink does not feel authentic. feels like he's trying to 
trying to be something he's not, trying to convince you that he's something he's not. I mean, it, that all makes sense to me I'm for, for both of those guys. Not authentic yeah. whatsoever for, uh, for Drinkwitz. Uh, one more for the 918. Tom Herman has a my dad owns a dealership vibe. Total D-bag. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. JoJo in Tulsa. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, his dad owns a buy here, pay here dealership maybe. I, you know. Well, hey, I know this. Um, if if we go out and don't hit our win total of seven and a half, we're going to hate every single coach in the SEC. I don't care what their history is. Yeah. All right. Hey, hey what it's gonna, if OU what it's goes 11 be. and one, that might be the case. If, if if we go six and six, the most hated SEC coach of the group may be our own. Hey, you know what? At least some type of feeling is going to register. A reaction is going to register instead of the Big Twelve, where it's just like, yeah, I just kind of, you know, I you don't really get passionate one way or the other about the coaches or even the fan bases in this league. It's yeah. just going to be a lot more fun in the SEC, is all. Also, after talking about D bag head coaches. It's going to be very nice to uh, talk to Bob Stoops next segment, the exact opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> yeah, anxious to hear from Coach. They are, I'm, what is it, the end of this week they're, they're headed to this, training camp? I read a story close, today. Right? I think this weekend maybe they're heading to training camp. Okay. So, cool. That'll be good to, to hear from him before they, they really get underway. All right, quick timeout. Hang out Riverwind Casino today. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. The Showplace Theater is the best place for live music. And with some of the best acts around. Ryan Bingham with the Texas Gentleman, April 19th. Kip Moore, April 20th. Chelsea Handler, May 3rd. I was with my brother the other day and I said, why are you Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samsa.gov. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Bob Stoops joins us now, brought to you by Modelo. But the first question today doesn't go to Coach Stoops. It actually goes to Teddy. Teddy, I saw a rock and roll tequila truck driving around Norman yesterday with Coach's face on the side of it. It was also also National Tequila Day yesterday. Please tell me you had some rock and roll tequila yesterday on National Tequila Day. I did not. However, I'm prepared to totally make up for that tonight and tomorrow. How's that sound? Double dose. That sound good? Teddy, I gotta tell you, I'm disappointed. That's the first time it. ever, ever that I've been disappointed in Teddy. I'll be darned. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have some rock and roll tequila on National Tequila Day. Well, I'm blaming Tyler. You know, he's supposed to tell me on Tequila Day, not the day after Tequila Day. But I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm get that remedy. All right, Coach, what's going on? I know we um, last time we talked to you, you guys were gearing up for training camp. It's it's getting close, uh, probably a week yeah. or so out, right? Um, you know, no, a couple of days. I'm actually pulling days. into the hotel. Uh, players are showing up today. And uh, we uh, start working with them tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, with the the UFL, United Football League, uh, of course, I'm still with the Arlington Renegades 
And, uh, yeah, I'm down here uh, in, in Arlington getting ready to go, Start starting with the guys tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of updates throughout the week. Uh, the coaching staff was kind of uh, officially finalized or, or at least released. And I would guess any time you win a championship, you'd like as much continuity as possible with your roster and your staff from a year ago. Is it fair to say you have a lot of continuity from, from last year's team? Oh, yeah. i got uh, really all the same coaches. Uh, we uh, uh, two, two coaches couldn't do it, but we got everybody else. And they were actually cutting back on staff anyway. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I got the same guys. And we've got probably a little over half of our roster is returning. Uh, so that's good as well. And uh, we just had our, you know, our great quarterback, Luis Perez, uh, you know, made a commitment a couple of days ago to, to be with us again. So anyway, it's all positive. Yeah, it's been good. Now, you guys merged the, the USFL and the XFL into one league, which I think is, is great. I think that's the best way to go about it. And for the most part, I think the the rules and stuff, there's not any significant changes really from, from what you guys did last year, right? Pretty much the same stuff? Yeah, the um, kickoff's going to be on, uh, from the 20-yard line, and that'll be a little different than what we did in the XFL. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, but the rest of it's pretty much the same. And, uh, yeah, so we just, you know, they, we kept uh, four teams from the XFL and four teams from the USFL and uh, merged them in the United Football League. So, it's yeah, it's, it'll be great. Looking forward to, to doing it. Bob Stoops is our guest brought to you by Modelo. I, I want to ask you about uh, Curtis Lofton because – he had a great high school career at Kingfisher, great OU career, and then a great NFL career as well. And now he's back at OU and really successful in the role that he's in right now. Why do you think or what are some of the traits that he has that's made him such a relatable guy to kids nowadays in college football and why he's been so successful back here at OU? Well, just as you said, he's relatable. He's a great personality, a strong character. Everything you know, positive about him, uh, you know. So you, you know, you put that all together. He, he's he's fantastic. Always, always has been. Um, relatable guy, sharp guy, uh, easy to be with, and talented. So, you know, so I'm happy for him. I'm happy is that he's at OU, and I always love it when you've got former players that are around the program. Man, they're all around, and you know his his role. I, and I guess, honestly, I'm not exactly sure what everything that it entails. But you know, it's there. There, it appears that there, there's becoming a, a much larger need. And there's always been a lot of stuff going on, but there's a much larger need for for all kinds of staff now with all of the things that have been added to college football over the last. You know, three, four well, years, I guess now. It's it's wild. Well, I think what you're saying is it's becoming a pro model with yeah. general managers and things like that and managing money, uh, all of it. It's a pro model. And, you know, in, in time, I, I really believe it, you know, even, you know, it needs to break away from the NCAA and be a pro model, be a, you know, have a have a 
you know, uh, a league commissioner, college football commissioner, and on and on. You know, all the things the pro, you know, the you know, salary caps, and on and on. You know, you, you just do it at a different level. Teddy, you and Brent still stayed in touch after you were off to the league in the NFL. What was he telling yeah. you about Curtis Lofton early on in his career? Well, you know, it's interesting. I came, I came back. Uh, you know, during one of the summers to, to work out around there with Schmitty and stuff. And he, we were talking about Curtis, and I went out there and did some drills and stuff with him. And you could tell, real, and this was when he was a freshman, you could tell right away that he kind of had a little different look in his eye than everyone else. And, you know, he was, uh, he was a thumper right away, Coach. Like, that's the one thing about Curtis is from day oh, yeah. one, he's physically, he's always had it. Yeah, no, he's a, he was a big, powerful, thick guy. So when he hit you, uh, you know, you you, he, <laughs> you weren't going far. You know, he was he was tough, great player, definitely. And like you said, he just he had all those attributes that you love in a great linebacker. I asked you last week about James Winchester. I got just a follow up to that. I r- really just how did he? transition to long snapper because I believe he arrived at OU as a walk-on wide receiver if I have that correct it was a heck of a move however it happened for him but what was the decision for him to be the full-time long snapper at OU yeah I'll have to find that out from James but you know we might have been stuck in one of those years where we didn't really have anybody or didn't have anyone set to do it and you know once we what, what you loved about James is not only how well he snapped it, but, you know, he was a receiver covering. You know, this guy could get down there before anybody. He still does. So, um, you know, so good for him. I was just on the phone literally uh, 20 minutes ago with Blake Bell, and we were talking about James, and they're both finished year nine in the NFL. How, how great is that? It's awesome. Crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's It's awesome. Love it for James, and uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Blake on with me next week on my sellout crowd podcast, and uh, visit with him, and and uh, you know just talk about the experience. But he he was just bringing up how James had been out of the league for three years, and then the Chiefs gave him a chance at the snapping position again, and sure enough, you know he. He's stuck with them ever since, so that's, that's he's a great guy, so uh, really happy for him. That's awesome. All right, Coach, I know you're you're getting ready for gearing up for practice and training camp, and uh, you're going to be super busy, so we appreciate you taking the time and uh, chat with us a little bit, and good luck in camp. You guys go get it done. All right, guys, great to be with you. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner, appreciate it, Coach. Love it. Yeah. There you go. Um you, you come to a school on the hopes of, well, if I work hard enough, then maybe I can find a role as a wide receiver. The school that I've always rooted for and I always aspired to play at, maybe if I just work hard enough, I can find a role, even as a walk-on, to be a wide receiver. Well, that's not going to happen, James. You're going to be a long snapper, and you're going to win three Super Bowls and be in the league at least nine years while you're at it. You Man. know, I don't know what his feeling was at the time whenever that move occurred but he had probably always envisioned himself as you know 
breaking through and having a huge impact at wide receiver. Um, but it's just interesting how the little twists and turns of life, you just you never know what little change that at first you feel like, you know, maybe isn't what you wanted, ultimately turns out to be uh, perhaps the greatest thing that ever happened to you. Man, you know, same thing with Blake Bell. Pride can you know, be a bad thing, man, if you let that get in the way of a potential opportunity, and he didn't. Oh, that sounds like a quote you heard from your father-in-law. My father-in-law, who, who's a farmer. Yeah, he said that. Like, <laughs> do you hear that? That's the sound of pride trying to you. Oh, good stuff. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit the text on 651-3439. We'll be back. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. As we age, cataract surgery is often an inevitable step. And it's not just about restoring your sight, it's about upgrading your quality of life. So when it's time for cataract surgery, you have one big decision that can affect your vision for the rest of your life. The choice between a standard lens, which often requires you to rely on glasses for reading, or a premium lens. Consider Panoptics, Vivity, or a light-adjustable lens. The leading choices that can provide crystal clear vision. And- 6 p.m. this evening, taking you into the weekend and... Yeah, maybe I should apologize, putting you in a tough spot like that with your ex-head coach. Hey, you drank rock and roll tequila on tequila day, right? I'd set you up for failure on that one. Yeah, well, and then he lied and said it's the first time he's ever been disappointed (laughs) in me. Yeah, there were (laughs) class-related activities or non-activities. I'm sure he's been disappointed in you before. Oh, there's plenty of things. Plenty of things. 949, I think it's a misdemeanor in the state of Oklahoma to cut away from Coach Stoops talking on the radio to shift to baseball. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? It was mid-interview? mid, uh, yeah. mid uh, interview. Mid, Well, mid-sentence from, from him, yeah. Mid-sentence. Boomer G says, how will the SEC establishment view BV? Coach is hard to hate, JMO. Just my opinion. Well... Becomes a threat, they'll find a way to hate him. That's what I was about to say. You know, I I think that Coach Venables is – he's obviously a really good football coach. He's obviously a really good defensive mind. He's got an incredible amount of experience. He's coached in the biggest of the big games. But I think – why what he's doing around the program the sole mission stuff like the added value for you know that's the thing we talked about Saban yesterday and he was talking about trying to add value to these these players lives while they're in college because even though you know like Alabama's not really a good example but most college athletes don't play professional sports so you want to you want to really add value to to their life, and I think Coach Venables is and what they're doing is as good as it gets in the country, and I believe that it's not just done as a recruiting tool. I think it is. I think Coach Venables is very sincere whenever he says the things that he says about these players yep, and improving their lives and everything. And you know, I. So that is hard to dislike, but, you know, it's like anything else. 
it doesn't matter really how nice somebody is or or what their goals are. If they're beating you on the field and threatening your job status or your playoff status, if you're a fan, but like there's they're going to dig up reasons to dislike the man pretty quickly. If you come in and win a bunch of football games. Justin and Kawita says if we go seven and five, we're gonna need Drinkowitz's father in law as a coach to calm us down. Maybe. Um, Oki Drinkslinger says quoting your father in law and not your father or grandfather says more about the doofus. That's a good point. LaDonna from Lubbock, Tom Herman has to be the worst. He's such a whiny baby. I quit betting with my UT friend because of Tom. <laughs> well, uh, you should have loved betting with your UT fan, uh, friend when Tom Herman was there. Uh, you should have quit betting with him when Sark took over. Yeah. Derek in Wichita Falls, 100% chance Drink eats his own boogers just like Chase Daniel. <laughs> Poor Chase Daniel. Like In the grand uh-huh. scheme of Missouri football history, he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever roll through there. And yet, most people just remember him for the uh, sideline, that, that particular sideline incident. Did play like 15 years in the NFL, too. Is he still playing? I – yeah, I, I'm going to okay. – I'm just going to guess that, yes, he, he is still a, ba- a backup <laughs> quarterback somewhere. Yeah. He's played like 15, 15 years in the league and has thrown like 50 passes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's on – oh, no, 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 sorry. He was last on the uh, the Chargers 21-22 season, or the 22 season. So this this year was his last year to not play, or his first year to not play. Gosh, if I could speak properly. Greatest career in NFL history, might I say? I, I mean, he got to go to not not that this is like baseball, and you get to hang out in the same city for three, maybe four nights or so. You probably can't really go out in the town all that much as an NFL player, but to still till, uh, get to stand on the sidelines in front of the greatest environments the NFL has to offer, see all these different places, get paid to do it, and your pressure in the grand scheme of things is pretty low. It's quite a life, yeah. man. That's right. Man, he he is 37 years old. How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel old? Uh, he, Chase Daniel did not. Chase Daniel's age did not need to make me feel old. I already did, but thank you for the attempt. But yeah, uh, it's well, I mean, crazy. Seriously, was, was that an old joke or was that a hey? Here's what he's accomplished at 37 versus you at 34 years old. That's what I feel like that was. No, that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> I was just saying like he's 37. I mean. How old were you whenever he was in – like, his most memorable years where he sticks out to everyone is clearly when he was at Missouri, which you were probably – 07 and 08, like, so I'm 17 and 18 years old. Yeah. Right. And now he's 37 years old. It's just – I don't know. It's it's it, like, to me, it makes me – it's probably more for me than anything because I know he's younger than me. But the dude played 15 years in the NFL – and threw nine touchdowns. That's <laughs> sweet. It's incredible. How, and how much money did he make throughout his career? I want to. I want to calculate how many, like what each touchdown pass was worth throughout his career. Nine I, touchdown at least, passes. I would say at least he's at least made twenty five million oh, that's over prob- fifteen years. I think and that's it's a probably good it's probably quite a bit more than that actually, but. So at least $3 million a touchdown pass throughout his career? Hell of a probably life. probably right around that number. 
Heck of Probably a life, Probably right man. around that number. Um, yep. Okay, 918, are either of tonight's softball games going to be televised? Yeah, but on Flow Softball. That's the only way you can watch it. So yeah. if you don't have Flow Softball, then, yeah, your options are not great. You can listen to it. Uh, I think we're joining in progress tonight, I want to say. Let me make sure and uh, pull up that schedule. But I think we're joining in progress tonight on the Ref app. I, I just made a statement, though, that you're a backup in the NFL. You can't necessarily be like a baseball player or even a basketball player and whatever city you're at, go out and hang out and see the city. Is that accurate for an NFL player? Do you get there on Saturday before, hang out at the hotel, go to sleep and play the next day and come back after, or is there actually time to explore a city the night before a game? Um, in the preseason, you've got a little little more time but typically in season you for a road game you have a walkthrough saturday morning at the team facility then you have time to go home get changed pack your bag put your suit on whatever you're traveling in and then a lot of places like you don't take a bus you drive to the airport and then You'll, you'll fly out, and you typically arrive where you're going to play between 4.30 and 5.30, sometimes a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later, depending. And then you'll have a, little, you'll have a team meal at like 7, 6.30 or 7, and it's not mandatory. You can go out to dinner if you want. But there's usually a team meeting at like eight o'clock, and in your rooms by like ten thirty. So, about all you can do is get there and go out to eat. Did you? You ever, got a couple hours to go go around. Did you ever partake, or were you so nervous about losing a job or something? You're always there at all times. Uh, I, I it kind of depends. I mean, I think if if there was a place that I knew of, and there was a couple of guys going somewhere that that sounded good. I wanted to to tag along, or it was it was really close. Like if something is close and and you're just walking a block or two, I would be much more likely to go do something instead of jumping in a car. And I, the last thing I ever wanted to do is be late for a meeting, and it's hard to enjoy a dinner whenever you're constantly staring at the time, and yep. you got anxiety about getting back and in time for a team meeting. So I would typically play, stay pretty close to the, uh, the hotel. Um, to, to the texter, uh, again, if you don't have flow softball tonight, then you can't watch it anywhere necessarily unless there's a, an illegal stream out there that I don't know about. But in terms of listening on the radio, you can do that tonight via the KREF app. We will be joining the game at 730 in progress against Mississippi State, and then we'll have the game at 10 o'clock tonight against Wisconsin. So KREF app. Your best option if you don't have flow, uh, flow sports. Mm. There you go. Man, uh, Tyler, I pulled up Chase Daniel uh, contract history. I think I undersold how much he made. He, he had a three-year deal with Philly, 16, 17, and 18. He made $7 million a year, $21 million. <laughs> backup quarterback. And then he had a two-year deal with the Bears, 18 and 19, where he made $5 million a year, 10-year contract. Late in his career, too, dude. Yeah. Man. And then he had a three-year contract 
with Detroit, three years, thirteen million, average four point three million a year as backup quarterback. And then his last year with the Chargers, um, uh, he made two million. I mean, that's incredible. So there has to be a scenario, at least I would get like. He was an okay backup quarterback. I mean, he only threw nine touchdown passes in his career. But I wonder mm-hmm. if there's anything to, okay, that guy was around for so long and got some of the contracts he did, not because of the play on his field or what he would have done if he would have gotten more opportunities, but maybe just the guy that he was or what he meant to a young quarterback, something like that. I don't know. Maybe word gets around in the league, and that's why he got some of those deals, but that's insane. Yeah. I – I've got him close to like in between fifty-five and sixty million dollars career earnings. Isn't that crazy? That is that is backup crazy. quarterback. So nine nine touchdowns, sixty. Let's say call it call it. I don't know. It's six million dollars a touchdown. Yep. That's fifty-four million right there. God, what an incredible life. But you're right. I mean. Being a backup quarterback is more than just how good of a quarterback you are because you're likely not going to play any the entire season unless something happens. So your job is more so as you're almost like a clerical worker for the starter, helping with their preparation, their film work, their studies, their checks, and he must have been really, really good at that. All right, quick timeout, more from the rush coming up. Nobody covers your team like the ref. If it's Sooner news and talk you want, it's right here all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network, KREF.com, and worldwide on the KREF app. Life is yours to spend. Spend it making more money. Spend it making more memories. Spend it learning a new skill. Spend it teaching an old trick. Spend it career climbing. Spend it mountain climbing. First United Bank. Spend life wisely. Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community. Hour of the rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, you know what to do. 405-573-3048. Put it in your phone. Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. Anytime you have an emergency repair at your home or your office building, you'll have the number. 405-573-3048. That's Cavens Group. They are there for you in your time of need. It is Friday afternoon. It's February 23rd, 2024. And I'm going to guess that uh, Teddy still has not watched Masters of the Year, at least the first episode. Correct. God, dude, it's just. What? I'd like to at least discuss it, you know, how brave those men were and what an incredible time and our nation's history and the sacrifices that they had to go through during that time. But no. Well, hang on a second. What makes you think. I need to watch that show to be able to discuss those things. <laughs> to segue into that conversation. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I get it. I am willing right now to uh, 
to guarantee, and I don't do this often, I guarantee I will watch at least one episode this weekend. Okay, yeah, you, you all of you heard that right. Can we document that? 3.56 Central Time, Teddy guarantees that it will happen this weekend. We now, how see. was this thing a um, – did they? Can you watch the entire series, or is this like a, a no, slow release thing? Uh, I don't know how many more episodes are left. I think they're releasing another one tonight, maybe. So I think you you'd have about five to get through, maybe six. If there is a new nice. one tonight. That's yes, yeah. So you'll be all good. right. Good. Be all right for this weekend. Now I'll watch it, but it's going to have to come after the new episode that's going to come out tonight on the Patriots. So. <laughs> oh God. Oh, barf. I was hoping that you'd leave that in your past, but I guess not. What's your interest level in a soccer game live? Manchester United and Liverpool, if you had the opportunity. Ten being the highest, zero, zero being soccer sucks. I don't care. Um, I, I'm, I would be willing and I would enjoy going to watch something like that, but – I damn sure ain't leaving the country to do it. Well, you don't have to. August 3rd, if you want to make your way to Columbia, South Carolina, where the Gamecocks play football, Manchester United and Liverpool are going to play a soccer game inside the football stadium. That's pretty cool. It is. Yeah, that would, it, I would. It, it is cool. There's no doubt. Columbia, South Carolina, Williams-Brice Stadium is one of the most random places I think they could have chosen. Maybe there's a reason they chose that location, but that's not a historic stadium. I don't think yeah, I of don't know. soccer when I think of South Carolina. I'm sure it'll be awesome. I just was very surprised by that. You know, it's interesting. I don't – because the soccer pitch is a different dimension. Like, for example, I don't think you could have one at Oklahoma. I don't, I don't think we've got enough room in there yeah. to have one. So maybe maybe it's just happens to be in that region and it's got the best kind of layout for it. I don't know. Uh, I know South Carolina's got a good women's soccer program. My niece was considering going there. She took a visit. I mean, I'm not. Or I don't know if you'd call it a visit, but she went there to look at it. Unofficially, she was there. Was it one of her official mm-hmm. visits? I mean, Man U and Liverpool. I don't know a whole lot about the EPL, but that's those are two major brands. And two big names. I I would be lying. Now, there's probably some names on the rosters that I know, but right now, off the top of my head, I could not give you one player on either team. Trying to think of any sporting event outside of OU football that's played on Owen Field. The only one I can think of outside of concerts. Were you at OU? No, I think this was before your time. The Chiefs and the Bucks played a preseason game there one time. Yeah, was that like 96 or 7 yeah, when that happened? right around there, I think. What was the theory with that? Was a stadium no under idea. renovation, or is that just like a, did I, they go through a little I don't know. phase where they did that? But NFL teams don't even do that anymore. I don't know if they were moving around and playing preseason games in different locations, but it's such a moneymaker now yeah. that they even make money off home games and preseason games. They're not moving it around anywhere. Yeah, that's their big moneymaker now because they don't have to pay the players anything. They're getting True. free. Everything else is like uh, the cherry on top. All right, quick timeout. We've got hour number two of The Rush coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF.